What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 167. You heard that right, episode 167 of Combos Court and I am Combo Combo Nation. Would greatly appreciate it if you rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app. Actually, rate and review wherever you listen to Combos Court and share this episode with a friend via social media or word of mouth. And that's anywhere on social media, man. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Wherever, man. Today's show is a recording from the MVP podcast with Max Van Auken. It was a great conversation with Max. Can't wait for you guys to listen in. Go subscribe to the MVP podcast with Max Van Auken wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get into it. Boom. And we are live. I am joined by my friend, uh, combo himself, Andrew Salop. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. You know, getting through the quarantine. Uh, things look like they might start opening up soon, or they have been opening up in certain states. So things are good. And Dawson Paris, who's everybody, uh, everybody who's been affected by uh, COVID. Yeah, it's such a weird situation. One thing I've noticed, and I'm by no means am I a doctor or a politician. It's like if you speak to somebody, there, I just there's so many different types of people. And it's like, I just try to balance it out and hear both side of both sides of things. Like it's obviously a very serious situation, but then there's other people who don't think it's very serious. And it's just, I think it depends also on where you're at situationally. Like obviously New York has it a lot worse than somewhere out in the country where there's not, it's not as dense. It's not as populated. So for you, how has it been in New York? Are things starting to kind of look a little on the bright side now? To your point, I mean, you know, you hear so many different things from so many different people, but I think a big part of that is because nobody really knows. Right. You know, we don't know all the information. I bet a year from now we're going to look back at this like, wow, I can't believe we didn't know that at that time, you know? Yeah. So that's the reason why there's so many varying opinions on it. But uh, I think things are, you could feel that people are less uptight here in New York than they were. Obviously, people are still precautious wearing their masks. Um, it's crazy because... You know, where my mom lives, I feel like everybody's wearing a mask. And where I live, it's kind of like not everybody, but most, you know. So it just everywhere has like a different vibe and feel to it. But I think things are getting better here, you know. Might open up eventually, but not right now. Yeah, right. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Now, please go check out my guy's podcast, Combos Court. Um, You have been delivering some awesome content. Um, Can people find that on any platform? Yes, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Google Play, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, man, you can listen to Combos Court. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I've been listening to every episode. I've loved it. Um, but I want to pick your brain with this. So you put up a poll. You always put up these interesting polls on Instagram. Sometimes I even forget to vote because I just catch myself thinking about it. And you put up Lonzo Lamelo, who will have a better career, right? And Yeah, I, yeah. Was and like, I think that's interesting because a lot of people will hit me on a DM and say it's too early. I mean, that's the point. We're trying yeah, exactly. to protect what's yeah. going to happen. That's and, the fun of it. You know? I was thinking about it. I'm extremely high on Lonzo Ball. Like, I'm not saying he's the next Steph Curry, but I think he's the type of guy that's going to end up on a championship team. Like, you want a athletic point guard who can play good defense, who's not ball dominant, who gets along with others, and can really push the ball up the floor and make others better. And he's getting stronger. He's getting bigger. Um, I don't think he'll ever be a Ray Allen type shooter, but his shot has improved. So I think Lonzo's going to have a great NBA career. I really do, especially with him and Zion and Brandon Ingram and that young nucleus. 
But then you look at LaMelo, and I think people look at LaMelo as a better raw talent because he's more aggressive. He's more like his father. He's more outspoken. Um, his style of play is a little more aggressive towards scoring the ball. And I think more people look at him as he's going to put up better numbers, which I think he will. So then when you say who's going to have the better career, it's do you go with the guy who may make more all-stars with better, with more points, more assists, but the guy with Lonzo, who I think probably will finish with more championships. So who do you have having the better career? I would say Lonzo, but LaMelo is improving rapidly. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Um, yeah, and I agree with you, everything about Lonzo. And on top of what you said, what impressed me about Lonzo so much is you could tell he puts the work in on top of all those things you just talked about because the way his jump shot changed over one off season just shows that he he's willing to put the work, hard work in yeah. and he's just going to continue to improve and get better and better. But LaMelo is improving at a rapid rate as well. Um, he does have a high upside. Obviously, there are con- some concerns defensively and even as a shot maker. But super talented, great size, great feel for the game. But I, if if you if I had to give you an answer, I would say Lonzo uh, will have the better NBA career. Mm. So now, are you the type of guy who believes Lamelo should go number one or number two? I would go with Anthony Edwards. But, okay. Um, man, this is a really tough draft, and I wouldn't be mad at somebody going with Lamelo. It's not like how I was two years ago with Luca, um, or even a year ago with Ja. You know, uh, this is more difficult but i would go with anthony edwards at number one especially if you're looking for a guard yeah i I think yeah like to your point i think it also it really matters on what your team needs like when you have a guy like zion or jaw it's kind of like all right we can make it work we're picking that guy that he's special with this draft i feel more it's like what we need to address our needs more because there isn't that zion there isn't that jaw now i do think Lamelo is going to be really effective really early i just i remember being critical of him uh, combo when I watched him in high school and I'm like this man doesn't play any defense and then I just remember watching his highlights I'm like he literally is not playing any defense so then I'm yeah. watching him in all these different leagues and obviously he goes overseas he plays an elite league there and I'm like okay I, I've seen him his development and I think he's going to continue to develop and I think he's going to have immediate impact right away I don't know if he's going to be a Trey Young but what what kind of guy do you see him being if he fully develops to who we think he can be yeah, a Trey Young. The issue with Trey Young is that Trey Young was a ridiculous shot maker in college. Lamelo's not really that, right. but his feel for the game will tra- his his feel for the game will translate to the next level. And one thing about him that I want to say is that he, you were right. He stepped up to every level. He always, you know, he started out at Chino Hills. You know, played really well as a really young player. And on top of that, he was playing in high school. I think a year early. Yeah. So he's a little. He's going to be a little bit younger than everybody else going to this draft. If I'm correct. Um, I have to fact check that. But on top of that, every level he went to, he stepped up and played well. Chino Hills, then Spire Academy, then, you know, uh, the True League, which is not, you know, it's a summer league, but it's high level and he played really right. well. Um, high level players, I should say. And then um, that's a good professional league he played in Australia. It's not the top level. It's not what Luca was playing in, but it was a good level of basketball with a lot of good guards. Actually, a lot of great New York City guards go play there. Um, and he stepped up. He he stepped up every level. So it would be no surprise if he stepped up to the NBA level. Right you know? now, coming from someone like yourself who has who has played at the elite level, um, what do you what do you make of players choosing the G League? I mean, I think there is some serious flaws with the college system, with the collegiate system. 
Um, but I don't think it's necessarily always a bad thing. I think it's awesome to be coached by Coach K and by, like it's just the the elite coaches you have in college, the brand that you create, the the fans, everyone watching you. I do think there's a benefit to playing college basketball. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think there needs to be some changes. But do you like the direction of what it seems like is going on now where people are like, no, I'm not going to college. I want to go play a G League and at least get paid. What do you think of that? I like that the kids have more options now. So yeah, um, if you're really not, if you're miserable in school, like you should go, you should take the G League route. If you want that campus atmosphere, you know, you get to hang out with uh, people your age, girls your age, you know, you might want to take that route. I think in terms of certain players, it really helped them like Zion, you know, um, that platform is a big reason why he got that huge deal with Jordan, you know, exactly. Um, obviously he had a, so- he had a social media following before that, but I mean, the NCAA in hindsight is way better than if there would have been that G league option for him, you know? So it just depends on the player, but I think it'll be good for some guys and it won't be the right choice. And every kid has to make their own decision. I'm just glad they have more options now. Right. No, I agree with that. Um, I want to transition to this, but before I transition to a combo, I told you on your Instagram live, UFC 249, I told you that all the picks, and then I even said the upset at the main event and it happened. And now look who's just swooped in and it's been all over the news. Conor McGregor. Uh, it looks like Justin Gaethje's fighting Habib. It may be Conor versus Diaz and then Conor gets the winner. Conor claims he's fighting for the title. You are my witness. I wanted to make sure I addressed it with you first. This was discussed on your Instagram. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> I wish we would have saved it, but uh, Max, you definitely called down when you were talking about Connor, and then as we were talking, you just got a notification to your phone about it. Connor's a smart um, man. Go ahead. Yeah, he's a smart man. Like when we were talking on Instagram, I'm like, Connor is going to be in the midst of this. I know it. He's going to make a comment. He's going to tweet. He's going to do something. It's going to stir up the pot. And now. Um, it's going to be the biggest fight ever combo. I'm telling you, when Connor comes yeah. back, it's with no sport going on, UFC Fight Island, Connor's going to get everybody tuned into the UFC. You know what's great about the UFC? It has that pro wrestling feel, yeah. but then with real fights. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I want to transition before we get into the actual NBA postseason, the MJ documentary. I'm obsessed with it. Um, I absolutely love it. When he cried during the interview, that's kind of the moment everyone – is talking about because you could tell how sincere he is. I love, I actually texted um, a couple of my teammates that were older than me and they were always beating me. They beat me every single time I played. They talked so much trash. They would push me to the floor. They were bigger than me. And they always talked about this dog mentality and I would get so mad at them and I would play them nonstop and I would lose nonstop, but I would always keep trying to beat them, keep trying to beat them. And then it made me real. And then I, like, I thought about it. I'm like, why are they so mean to me? I just don't understand. I thought we were friends. And then the more I thought about it, I texted him and I'm like, I see it. I'm like, you guys were my Detroit Pistons. I'm not saying I'm Michael Jordan, but now when I play, like, I don't call any fouls. I don't like, it's just the dog mentality they kind of put into me is what Michael Jordan did. And it's like, I don't know how well that would really work with today's NBA players, but have you played with anybody that's like that? Obviously not as good as Michael Jordan, um, but that type of intensity, does it work for everybody? Have you experienced that with anyone? Not at the, not at the college uh, or pro level. Well, my, my college coach was rest in peace. He passed now. He was, he was out there and he was kind of, he was uh, tough on people, you know? Uh, But 
you know, when I was a kid, they used to be like that when I used to play with the adults, you know? And I don't know necessarily they were trying to make me better, but it did make me better. Yeah. You know, like I was like so much smaller than everybody else. They would just put me in the post every time. Yep. Talk a lot of snack, but it made me tougher <laughs> in the long run. I don't think that was their attention. We weren't on the same team. That was just me as a kid playing in the park against the adults. But uh, I guess it can have a positive effect because I feel like it did on me. Right. So I'm sure that I'm sure that works for. Uh, I'm sure that works at any level if you do it right. The thing is though, if you start losing and you're doing that, it's not a good mix. You know, it's not a good mix. They were winning. So, right. That's a great know, point. It works for them. It works for them. Yeah, that's a great point because yeah, you you have to listen to the guy. He's undefeated. He's going to the finals. He's winning championships. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. And I really just yeah, it did bring out. I feel like it did bring out the best in that team. And that's what's so unique about it because it's like, hey, if you can survive me, there's no one you can't survive. And it, and it showed. If the NBA season returned, and I know I'm a LeBron guy, and every time I I seem to think of a situation that benefits LeBron. It's like, ah, oh, you're a LeBron guy. And it's like, no, that's not necessarily why I'm saying that. This is why I think it benefits him because he has so much time off and that can be a negative effect on him. He's out of his rhythm. He's older now. He needs to get going. But I think if anything, it's going to prepare him more because for one, he's a professional at the all time level. He knows how to prepare his body. He knows what the postseason's like. So now I'm getting arrested LeBron James because he didn't load manage we didn't see that from LeBron. So now he has all this time off. Anthony Davis with all his kind of like little injuries here and there, an older roster. They have more rest than they've ever had. And now they come back in. And if the postseason were to return, they have the number one seed. So it's not like they're playing the Houston Rockets first round. That first round when you're kind of just getting everything out and just figuring your chemistry again, it's against the eighth seed. I think this benefits the Lakers having the time off. What do you think? Yeah, and on your LeBron take, I mean, LeBron just has a habit of working harder than most other or even all other players in the NBA on his body. That habit is not going to leave during this time, and it'll be quite easy for him to keep up with what he's been doing pretty much his whole career, where it might be a struggle for some players. So he's definitely going to have the advantage there. Plus, he's going to rest when he wants to be on his schedule. Um, It's a lot easier to rest and recover and do the things that are best for yourself when you're not in the middle of a season, you know, or when a coach gives you leeway to practice when you want. Right. You know, so this is even, this is even that to a higher degree. He could really, he knows his body so well. Um, and any player who's played a long time would tell you they learn their body over time. You get even better and better with that, even though, you know, your athleticism might decline slightly, you know, when to rest, you know, when to push it. And I think, just the years of experimenting on himself with the training, this is going to be a tremendous advantage to him because it's a passion for him to work on his body and get better every day. Like that's not every single player, you know, every player is not like that. So it's going to be a tremendous advantage for him. And uh, I'm sure he'll lead his team and I'm sure he's in contact with everybody. He has a lot. He has all the experience in the world. I think it will benefit him. I had them winning the championship preseason. That's well documented. And I think today uh, looking forward, they're going to win the championship still. So, Okay. See, now I did as well, and I still do. But I know most people are would say Clippers. You just look at their roster, top to bottom. You look at the front office. You look at Kawhi Leonard right now. But I think now, even if you had the Clippers originally, I think now, you'd even if you were a Clippers guy, you may have to give the slight edge to the Lakers for everything we just said. Because even though or Kawhi is a veteran, 
He is. He he's been to the finals. He's obviously a finals MVP. Um, but he doesn't. The rest of the roster hasn't necessarily been in the finals as much. Paul George has never been to the finals for one. But also, I just think it's just the load management that they had. They were more rested. It's even playing field now. So I think you'd have to give that slight edge because they don't have that above everyone. And honestly, wasn't that a concern during the regular season was because we've never seen their regular rotation system. Their chemistry wasn't always the best at times. So now their chemistry certainly isn't the best. Yeah, I can agree with that. The only thing is, though, is Kawhi knows how to take a long break off and come back with a vengeance. So that's one thing in his favor. But you're right. And I said this even without the quarantine, that they're going to have to flip a switch to become a great team, which is possible because they have the talent and they have depth. But the Lakers were already a championship-level team going into the playoffs. They didn't have to flip a switch. So I always thought that was the difference between the Lakers and the Clippers Right. when I was watching them during the season. But you know what? I'm going to still go Philly-Lakers. I'm going to stick with my predictions, man. Oh, you have Philly. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, now see, I was going to let you go, but I have to touch on this very quickly. I'm the type of person that thinks Joel Embiid and Ben doesn't work. And if you had to choose one, I'm going Ben Simmons because of the injury history. It's a guard-centric league, and I think if you build around Ben Simmons, and Rashad and I have talked about this so long ago, I think he can elevate more people around him. Now, Joel Embiid may be the better player, but when you miss more games than you've played, you're a bigger fellow with back injuries, hip injuries, knee injuries. These are serious injuries. I don't want to invest in that, even though he's the better player right now. So that got pushed back. But I just don't see them coexisting. I really don't. And now, so you believe that they can, and you believe they go to the finals. I think they could do different things creatively from a tactical point of view to make it work better. You know, I mean, when LeBron and Wade played together, they really weren't the perfect match for each other. That's true. That's very true. They were two of the best players in the league. Um, They found a way to make it work. And I think when you have two of the top 15 players in the league, you find a way to make it work. I haven't seen them make too many adjustments, just like how I said Giannis and their coaching staff made some adjustments against the wall. They just keep doing – I feel like the Sixers just keep on doing the same thing over and over again. You're just hoping it works. Uh, Do you see that? Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I was saying. I think they're doing the same thing and just trying to make it work. They're just hoping that it works this year or hoping that yeah, they, they got, do enough. They gotta do, they gotta try something different tactically. It's just, you know, play weird. different players, go, like figure out different lineups. It's gonna be kind of late for that now, but I felt like they should have been doing more than that, more of that. They obviously, I mean, everybody points to the fact that they lack shooting. I mean, I think it's more they lack shot creation and I think they lack somebody who could set the table as a point guard you know so you don't have ben as a point guard i do i think Ben. well to your point i think if he was like on the box he could easily play point guard right right you know with shooters all around him right even in even if you replace ben for russell westbrook i think he could definitely play point guard with this team it's going to be tough with um joel as a he's a clogger you know not in a bad way just some players in this nba are cloggers those are yeah. guys who like to be inside more Obviously, Joel could step out, but when you have Horford and Joel playing on the same court as Ben, it's going to be hard for Ben to play the point guard. It's position. just weird. Yeah, it's just weird. It's in transition, you know, yeah. and in the half court. Yeah, 100%. It's like defensively, they're a nightmare. It's like Ben Simmons, elite wing defender, Joel Embiid, Al Horford. Like, you don't want to see this team. But then it's like offensively, I just, I watch it and it looks like a puzzle that they're trying to force to fit that doesn't fit. Um, but to your point, I do think if you could make some adjust- – before I would make a trade, I certainly would try to make an adjustment. And then if that adjustment doesn't work, 
then obviously things have to happen because I do think we are impatient sometimes. Like we've talked about at the fast food society, we want to just see something work overnight. And sometimes you just need to let things develop. So I, with that yeah. type of talent, if it did develop, that's championship level talent all day. Oh, definitely. Definitely. That's why I had them. That's why I had them going all the way to the, uh, well, not all the way. I had them moving to the Lakers, but man, you know, I'm with you. And speaking of that, um, microwave culture we live in i think this draft is going to be a draft where we're going to have to be patient with some of the players uh i really don't want to hear people saying that some players are busts in the middle of their rookie season because that's always ridiculous and uh i could see that happening but i think there's a bunch of guys with with all-star potential actually they just got you just gotta you might have to wait a few years you know yeah, situation, development, progress, just it, people are just so impatient. You just yeah, you have to be. I mean, I don't think anybody starts a new job and right away just, oh, things are great. You got to get familiar with anything that you do. But for some reason on athletes, we just we're a little too hard on them at times. Most definitely. Combo, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to have you on. You're welcome any single time. Anytime, um, Max. Anytime. Yeah, you're the man. I where can people check you out? Instagram, Twitter, or your your podcast, all of, all of the above. Yeah, you could find me on Instagram, which I'm really active on, um, at one two combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O. You could find me on Twitter at Combos Court. Not as active on there, but I always retune my episodes. So that's a good place to uh check me out on. And uh Combos Court, wherever you listen to podcasts, man. Search it, listen to it, rate it, review it, subscribe it, and make sure you go listen to Max Podcast as well, which is available on every platform. Man, I appreciate it. It's uh, always an honor. So thank you, man. Please stay safe, and uh, you have a good day. Yes, sir. Talk soon. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to Combos Court. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Rate and review wherever you listen to Combos Court. And big shouts to Max for having me back on his show, the MVP Podcast with Max Van Auken. Go subscribe to that wherever you listen to podcasts. Be on the lookout for episode 168. Combo out.